0: The following production is brought to you by The Talkin' Buds Leave Show. I have said on numerous occasions that you may not like listening to the Talking Buds Leaf show, you may think that you and I are complete idiots. You may disagree with our takes. But one thing that I truly believe is we are the premier podcast for honest leaf takes. We We are going to tell it like it is. And I'm going to be honest. If you're still a naysayer, with regards to this ryan o'reilly noel achari trade I, I i don't know what to say to you like what do you say i don't know and i know this sounds like recency bias based on the the ryan o'reilly's performance in, in buffalo but even before even after the chicago loss i still was sitting here going if you're a naysayer with regards to this trade I have I I simply do not know what to say. You're in a dark place as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan if you're looking at this deal and you're not supportive of it. Yeah, it seemed... I think that will wear off. I think just right when the trade went down, just everyone just had to have that instant reaction, and especially smart guy Leaf fans just had to have an instant reaction to decide if it was a good deal and if it wasn't a good deal. We decided that it was a good deal, and there were some people who just thought they gave up too much. but I, I honestly have seen a couple of people come around over the past couple of days, and not because of the the hat-trick performance, just come around. but it's um, I, I don't understand how you can't live in the present with this team right now. it It literally went from they gave up too much. this could potentially be Nick Felino 2.0. And then after that, it went to, well, you acquire Ryan O'Reilly because you want depth down the middle. And now you're playing him as the second line center and you're moving Tavares over the wing. What is Sheldon Keefe doing? And I have no illusions that by the time we get to game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Ryan O'Reilly will likely be centering the third line. But. And I understand that the game against Chicago on Sunday wasn't great, but it was six periods of hockey and the scene amongst Toronto Maple Leaf fans and media all day on Tuesday was chastising Sheldon Keefe for like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Tavares isn't a winger. Think about the message you're sending to your captain. And it's just like, that's ridiculous. Why are you? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think that's. I think the converse I don't care about anyone still complaining about the trade anymore. It, it happened. It's over. It's done. So anyone who still has that take, I don't care. I don't listen. It's just now it's moved on to adjusting the lineup to the the fans' needs, and I, I just don't get it. I, I we we debated on on the last pod of you, you acquired a center to 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 bring in more center depth and just have more. Talent up and down your lineup, but why not bring a guy in and give him a chance to play with your best players right off the bat like what's the worst that could happen and and so the, the he plays against Montreal that, I thought that line like they were they were good they 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 contributed they were good and then Chicago just wasn't their night and Ryan O'Reilly flies in Saturday does the whirlwind New team, New Jersey, all the blueprint footage, all the pictures, whatever, plays, hops on a plane, middle of the night, goes to Chicago, they lose that game, and on Monday, just fresh off this trade, like just so fresh, it's just every media person thinks it's their responsibility to come out on Monday and Tuesday and decide that this line sucks after a whirlwind 48 hours. Well, calm down. I think well, there's the media and there's the fans and I think we saw the ugly side of both. I think that we I think the media took the took the dub well, when it comes to the ugly side. Well, let's let's address the elephant in the room, right? Like let's let's call it what it is. Like there's a lot of media members and uh, we're not going to name names. That's not yours and my style. But there's a lot of media members that have been pretty, like, haven't had a lot positive to say about this trade. There's been a lot positive said about Ryan O'Reilly as a person. But I've seen quite a few guys who, and not all of them. There's been a lot of people who have been like, this is great. This is exactly what they need, whatever. There's a lot of them who have been negative. And let's call a spade a spade, man. Like, you and I have joked about it numerous times about what happens to the numbers when this team starts playing well. and. Winning and 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 the, the narrative shifts to positivity and away from negative. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like you and I are on the level of some of these insiders who work for the major networks or some of these other pods that have been around longer than you and I have. But even at where you and I are at, we notice a dip when the team is doing well and winning and the narrative is positive. The engagement really drops off. It really does. Like negativity sells with this particular hockey team. And I'm sure it's like that. Like I'm sure it's, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, I'm sure it's no different, right? So, I mean, you just got to do a better job of filtering when to do it though. It's just everybody, like it's becoming very obvious when that's, when you're forcing it. Like, anyone coming out and laying down a negative hot take fresh off a weekend, getting a new player, that's just forcing the negativity. Like, everyone wanted to do a pod or a radio show the day of the O'Reilly trade because you know you're going to get massive numbers that day because everybody's excited. But it's because, and and that's not forcing it. That's just taking advantage of a situation. Everyone's excited to talk about it. But it's, it's, to me, it's like, it's becoming so obvious that that's the case where negativity sells the most. That now it seems like everybody's just forcing it, and I'm I'm a big like I love listening to Leafs on on the radio. I like listening to other pods, but it's getting to the point now where like, I'm turned off after tuning in Monday, and everyone's ready to just like it's brutal. Like everyone's just so negative right off the bat, and it's like calm down, yeah, calm down, and then. And then look what happens. And then the last laugh goes to us. Look what happens in Buffalo. When's the last time John Tavares had four points in a hockey game? the last game? time a, a line had combined 13 points at the end of a game? And, and everyone with the take of, look at the message you're sending to your captain. First of all, you do not know this team if you think that's the case. Do you think John Tavares for one second felt like slighted no, at but all? It, no, but it drives a lot of clicks and a lot of headlines. And there's the other side of the fan base who like PSA to all of you. You think you're doing like, you think you're taking these people to task. Like when you share a negative article or a negative clip on social media, you think that you're taking them to task and you're going, look at this negativity. Look at this. Well, blah, blah, blah. every time you share their article, their their. they're, podcast or YouTube show or whatever, you're doing what they want you to do. You're driving the engagement. And I'm sorry. Like, I truly believe that. Like, having a negative attitude. Ryan O'Reilly, I texted you during the Buffalo game. I'm like, this guy is everything you want. Like, we have longed for a player like this, this entire Dubis era, a guy who isn't too old, who, and I'm sure there's some people who are like, well, 32 is pretty old a guy who isn't too old who still can contribute who's an absolute heart and solar like heart and solar this guy is going to lay it on the line in the first round against Tampa there he is going to carry this team to a first round series win or he's gonna die trying and he's exactly what this team and I'm not here to like criticize the character of of the core four I'm not here to criticize Matthews Marner Tavares Nylander Riley like whoever else you want to throw in with the core four because I've said you know what like these guys are in their heads and once you get into a playoff scenario and stuff doesn't isn't going your way you can see them you can see them going oh no like here we go again where it's like you're bringing in a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. You're bringing in a guy like Nolachari. They don't have any of that baggage. And these are two heart and soul warrior guys that are going to stand up in the room and go, no. Like, we're we're winning this series. We're winning this hockey game. Like, I just, I don't, it's, it's, it's what I rant and raved about to you on the weekend after they made the deal. It's like, this is exactly what this team needs. And what every, and what every all those people have been describing too. That's, and to me, this is, I i look at this as one thing. It's like, you can, we have the rest of the regular season to throw them on the second line, throw them on the third line, try different combinations, find out what people like, what they don't like, what Sheldon Keith likes, what he doesn't like. Every acquisition this team makes is based on one game. Look at the history of this team. It comes down to one game every single year. If you're a bet, if you're someone who likes to bet, throw down a future on that series going seven games because it's free money. It's about who can make the difference in that one game, because every year it's the one game and they can't get it done. We sat here a week ago before they made the trade. If I can reference it again and look through the Tampa Bay Lightning's bottom six, and we said the the Leafs bottom six is not good enough to compete with this bottom six. And you look at Corey Perry, you look at Nick Paul; these are the guys who get big goals and score them in big situations. And who do the Leafs have like that? And boom, they went out and they got two guys, two guys. Because we're gonna talk about Nolachari too. I I know that n- not uh, most people don't think this way, but I have seen some people refer to him as a throw-in in this deal. This dude is anything but a throw-in, man. This is a fourth-line guy. Finishes every check. He's reinvigorated his line mate and Zach Aston Reese. You heard Mike Johnson say in the Buffalo game, like these two guys are hitting everything that moves. Like a, a, a guy. A, this dude was a Boston Bruin. Yeah, and he th- he drops the gloves too. Yes. He drops the mitts. He, I mean he's not a he's not a heavyweight, but it's just it gives you can see it's giving Aston Reese almost more confidence yes. to lay a hit because he knows he's not out there with two guys who don't won't have his back. Like again, we love our guy Pontus. Yeah. But like Pon- it's it's not Pontus isn't what you want right now. Three years from now, we'll talk about Pontus. But like it, it's just I love I can't say it enough, man. I sound like a broken record. I'm going to stop repeating myself here, but man, like... Yes, the the I would like to see them go get a depth de- defensive piece, and I'm sure Kyle Dubas is doing everything he can to make that happen, but... This is pretty damn good. Injecting these two guys into this oh, team it's right now—it's exactly it's the what biggest. they need. I know the Chicago game was tough, and that's because they just had three guys below the goal line in the ozone all night and gave up a million odd man rushes. And Samsonov did not have his best game, but they just Samsonov automatically had a, was had a bit of an upset Tom. Yeah, apparently, and, and <laughs> you you can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, and, um, been there, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> they just look. They just look. It, infinitely deeper with those two guys it just makes you feel way better about what's on the ice immediately and if you look at the roster from last year um that in game seven when they lost compared to what they did have before the trade it was basically the exact same hockey team so it's it's you're trying to find that one little piece to just push you over and win that one game you lose every year and you just added two guys who make your chances a lot better in winning that one game. What? What else? Like, what else do you want? I, I don't understand. What's there to complain about? When you do eventually try O'Reilly on the third line, because I think once they get into the playoffs, it's going to be a fluid situation. Like, I could totally see O'Reilly starting the game as the third line center, and then boom, before you know it, he's up on the second line with Marner and Tavares, and he's back on the third line, so on and so forth. When you do eventually give him a shot on the third line. Who do you like as his wingers? I don't know no, no none of them but <laughs> because that's like, what I keep thinking and I, and I know that the analytics community and, and honestly Dubis and Keefe too love Pierre Engvall. I don't see it, it well I see it in I see it in spurts like I see the guys he scores a nice goal every now and then, turns the puck over like an absolute madman like and and he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like the physicality like. I was listening to overdrive yesterday and, and noodles flat out said it. He was like, I don't think Pierre Engvall likes physicality. And that's what I see when I'm out there too. And I'm not saying he needs to go out there, and run guys over, but I don't know. Like, like O'Reilly is flourishing playing with Mitch Marner and John Tavares. And again, I understand you want the depth down the middle. And as I said, just to be clear, because people love to take things out of context and paraphrase and whatever, I think it's going to be a fluid situation by the time we get to game one, but I just, there, there's like, there's no options. And also who do you move up to take this place? So you put Tavares back in the middle and what we're going, we're going with Cali yarn again. Yeah. yeah, That's it. Like, like that. No, yeah. that That's literally who they go with. And then I, 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 I like a down there on the fourth line with ass and and somebody else. And then, I got of like Kerfoot down there with him. I think Kerfoot gives them a, a skating element yeah, down there. He looks there a lot faster yes, on that line. I think he gives so, them a the skating element down there. And I think he he flourishes against those, those bottom six matchups. So I guess, yeah, I guess you go with like, and, and there's also the Matt Nyes factor into this. Like maybe you look at a situation where you go, this is, uh, <laughs> but uh, dude, the, for all, for all intents and purposes, it looks like at this point in time, Anything I read, and anything I see, people are operating under the assumption that when game one starts, Matthew Nyes will be the uh, winger on the third or fourth line of this hockey team. Yeah, people were also operating under the assumption that Patrick Kane was going to be a Leaf a week ago. Like, I, I don't like operating under assumption but what, in, this, in this market. But what if it's I, the death of everything. But what if I told you Nyes... What what how do you know Nice is not gonna come? like I think so then he, everything looks good, but it's like he could easily come in here and be Joey Anderson. So so like then you take him so then you take him. but I think to your point, like I just asked you, who who do you like pairing them with in the bottom six? And you said no one. So I would rather throw Nice in there. Cause what you're right. What if, right, right, if Nice flames out? Then you're back to Pierre Engvall and Alex Kerfoot and I don't know, Aston Reese, who, who's who know Like who has the facts that this guy is just going to stop playing college hockey, and just come play in the playoffs and be a savior. I think, I think people are making assumptions based on the fact that he's been doing a lot of Toronto media lately. I think Kyle Dubas has sort of alluded to it in the past. He hasn't outright said it because he doesn't want to get nailed for it, but there's been allusions to the fact of Matthew Nyes joining the team. And I think if you're going to, like I said, when it comes to, to, the, to the bottom six wingers, in my personal opinion, you have nowhere to go but up. So if you're going to bring this guy in and you're going to inject him into the third or fourth line, so he goes out there and he's terrible. Let's just say that's the case. Or not terrible. I don't think he's going to be terrible. He looks, I, he think, looks totally I think totally overwhelmed. is very yes. low. I think he'll fit in just fine. Yes, he goes out there and he looks totally overwhelmed. Okay? Then you just take him out of the lineup. You're also in a playoff situation. Salary cap doesn't exist anymore. You just take him out of the lineup and you reinsert Kerfoot, Yarncrock, Engval, Camp, Aston Reese. Well, Chari's got to move to the wing if if O'Reilly's gonna play third line center, because I don't see David Camp moving over to a wing. So David Camp gets right now he's the third line center. He gets slotted down to the fourth line center. Then you have Aston Reese. I think they really like first. Keefe seems to really like camp and Engval together. Like those, those are two, two guys that he really likes. So I, I don't know. It's, there's, there's not many options. You just got to keep flipping it around. And it doesn't have to be set in stone. Like it's going to so keep do you move, changing. So do you move, so do you move Achari to the wing, move camp back, and move Kerfoot up? I think Yarn Krogs going to the second line. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you're seeing Alex Kerfoot on the second line. No, but so do you go with the third line of O'Reilly, Engvall, Kerfoot, and yeah. then you go with Achari Kampf, Camp, Achari, Aston, Reese. But I think they like Camp in that defense. Like I think they want a banger fourth line. Like right yeah. now, it looks like that line is like they got two guys going out there and hitting everything. Yeah. And then they like camp in that defensive role, but then O'Reilly's going to play that kind of defensive role. Here's what I would do right now instantly. I would keep playing Ryan O'Reilly on that second line until it just does not work anymore because why not? Yeah. Look at the standings. It's over. It's over. Well, they're, they're they're playing Tampa in the first round. It to me home ice does not matter. The Leafs have proven time and time time again that it doesn't matter because every time they do have home ice, they lose in game 7 anyways. So it really doesn't matter to me. So whatever, whatever happens with home ice happens. It's why not br- let bring in a guy like O'Reilly and let him play with your best offensive players for as long as you possibly can before you stick him down the third line and kind of turn him into a a, a pluggy center again. Like why not give him the opportunity to score a hat trick every night like they did the other night? Like that's what I would do. Because what what's, What's the worst thing that could happen? Like, well, that and that's what I mean, and th- that's why when people get so fixated on line combinations, it drives me nuts because this isn't—we're we're not in the Mike Babcock era anymore. Sheldon Keefe has proven time and time and time again that he is not averse to in-game adjustments. He will throw the lines in a blender. Would Mike it's not Mike Babcock something, feel about Ryan O'Reilly? Oh my God, Mike! <laughs> I actually thought about that. I actually thought about that. Like, hey. We would have heard good pro, good hockey man. Oh, yeah. Ryan O'Reilly would be in the weight room, and Babs would just be glowing over. I actually thought about that. Babs would have been over Anachari, too. He would have been over the moon over getting these two guys. Yeah, Over the moon. For anyone who did listen to this pod the first two years of its... Of starting it like that, I, I miss all the content that that yeah, guy would yeah. free content yeah. that that guy would bring to Keith us does every not, day. Keith does not pump out the quotes the way um, Babs used to. That's that's for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. What what what's what's like? Let's put a period on it. Let's yeah. end the sentence. Like I what... think you leave. I, I'm with you. I think you leave O'Reilly there until you're right until until it's just like okay we've seen this a couple of games now it doesn't really work anymore who's to say too that you you don't kind of mess around with the first line as well like why not uh, why not try moving Mike Bunning around or tr- or try moving Nylander down and O'Reilly up or try moving like, like what's the rush I don't get what the rush is same, to put same. O'Reilly with Engval and Kerfoot I, like what's the rush to do that line, I think people just get so like I said when the team does something good and is doing well a lot of people who talk about it start looking for controversial narratives that they can drum up. And right now, the the flavor du jour is, where is Ryan? Ryan O'Reilly should be down the middle. And it's like, guys, it's going to happen. Like, we have a gonna gonna month happen. and a half. Ho- we have two months, basically, to to look at every combination we can look at. And I I... I loved him getting that hat trick that was the greatest thing i've ever watched because just after listening to that for two days and people crying and crying and what happens mitch marner has another winger to pass to who can actually put the puck in the net like that second goal re-roofed it with his backhand. like that was that, that was or, awesome or or like the first goal where he, he just feathers it and O'Reilly's in the right place. And yeah. he put like Callie Yarncroke isn't, isn't burying that. Like it's, it's not happening. No yeah, offense, it's... Callie Yarncroke. I'm not trying to dunk on Callie Yarncroke, but like, yeah, it's just like here, here's everybody just rushing to put a, a, a talented hockey player on a line with Engval and Kerfoot. Like, yeah, let's, let's rush to do that. When we you're... already know we're going to the playoffs anyways. Where are you at on adding a depth defenseman? I, I would love for them to add a defenseman. I would, abs- I would I want. I wish they could add someone who was more than a depth defenseman. I, they don't have the money, and yeah. so so the name that's getting bandied about right now is Luke Shen. Oh. Listen, I know honestly, I I know uh, you can say what you want about Luke Shen as as a hockey player, but I do love the narrative of 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 the prodigal son making his return, dude. You remember. When Berkey was like, this guy could be our captain in a couple of years. Like Berkey was ready to put the franchise on this guy's shoulders. And so listen, we all know, we talked last week about what the Leafs defensive depth is. I'm tired of watching Justin Hole play hockey. Like it's the only it's, thing I'll say. Okay. Here's, here's why I'm at. Leads the league and hits. If you can get him on the cheap. And I want to make it abundantly clear. I'm not sitting here. Waving the, the flag saying, go get Luke Shen. Luke Shen's going to put this team over the top. However, if they do go and get a Luke Shen, I'm not going to sit here and, like, I'm, I'm not going to bang my fist over it. This is, this, this league, you, you go on the odd rant about how this league sucks, and this is just a perfect example of why this league sucks. A sixth defenseman gets um not benched but is taken out of the lineup because of trade reasons and that's just the number one story of the day you know what luke shen is just zach bogosian that they had a couple a couple years ago he's he's a worse labushkin it's yeah he can replace hall he's just as slow he's just as not talented with the puck but at least he hits i guess it's just I I don't care. I don't care so, about that. So what you just said, we were giving it to to some of the the insiders and the media that cover this league um, earlier. So I want to defend them for a minute. You just said it's a pretty sad state of affairs in this league when the biggest news story is Luke Shen. It's a borderline NHL defenseman. So why do these insiders go on and drum up interest by giving controversial hot takes over trading ryan o'reilly because they're trying to drum up any modicum of interest to make gary bettman's who's busy pleading for votes in tempe arizona to build a new arena did you see that video no the guy is 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 aligned with like political i'm not going to pretend like i know the details but he's He's basically reaching out to voters in Tempe, Arizona to vote the right people in so they can build a new arena. It's like so in defense of all these guys, they're tr- this you and I have said it, Gary Bettman's NHL is an awful product. It's awful. It's 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 an awful awful a, product. A borderline NHL defenseman. Yes. A guy who's been number 6 on the depth chart his entire career. Yes. Is the number one story hottest? Him and Timo Meyer, at least Timo Meyer's. Timo Meyer, like you go look at this. The guy's having a disgusting year on a bad team. Like he's he's got what he got thirty two goals. The guy's he's a big guy. I get that. That's fine. If if that's like cool, but like come on, they're trying. He's a borderline NHL defense. So this is why these media guys go on and, and and they they lay down some hot takes and they try and and they say controversial stuff. Not controversial. They they. They purposely sort of, like, needle at, at the fans and, and, and every, give hot and, takes because they're trying to drum up interest because it's really hard to drum up interest when the league is like this. And and every, and of course, in this market, like, I get it. They're all trying to do a job. They all work for companies that need eyeballs on their product. That's fine. But it's just every, and every insider, whether they do it or not, and I think it's kind of the responsibility to where they're working to do so. But any guy that's available is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Like, it doesn't... Like, Timo Myers been a Toronto Maple Leaf five times. Yes. Like, so now Patrick. Luke Shen is the name. So now Patrick Kane was a Leaf a week ago. So it's just every time a name's brought up, whether they're a top guy or a borderline NHL defenseman, they're a Leaf for a day. It's like... My favorite is, like, like Patty Kane goes out and he plays really well against them on Sunday, and everyone's like, he's trying to show them that... the Patty, Patty Kane Kane's does not want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yep. Patrick Kane wants to play for... The New York Rangers, and and he lost his opportunity to do so. And it's like, but then you hear the Chicago GM being like, he hasn't given us his choice yet. We don't know what he wants. Like, it's like, yeah, you're right. It is. It's, it, but it's all to drum up interest because this league is not very exciting. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just a fact. Like, let's peel the curtain back here a little bit. Let's peel the curtain and be honest with the people who watch our show. You and I talk all the time about, you know, should we do more? Should we watch more around the league? And it's like, we pay attention to the league and we watch games here and there, but like, should we be covering? And it's like, at the end of the day, no, because I'm passionate about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Being a Leaf fan has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I'm not passionate about the National Hockey League. I think it's an awful product. So I don't want to sit here with you and debate uh, on what's going on across the league. It's not good. It's well, not we, entertaining. Then, well, then we would be we would be faking it at yes. that point too. Yes. So you get passionate takes for us because we're discussing a topic that we're passionate about, the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey club. I don't. I can't sit here and pretend that I I get excited talking about league wide stuff. It's not exciting. It's a, it's not an exciting product. It's a brutal product. So I get the frustration, and even I find these big narratives about Leafs line combinations. I rollie, but I get why they do it. I do. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying just have a better filter system. Like I really, like you've mentioned noodles a couple of times on this, on this pod. And I think for people who've listened to those guys for the past couple of years would say that I, sometimes he could be a bit irritating, but I honestly believe that he's the best hockey media guy in the city for having a filter on any take that he brings to the table. Yeah. Like, I, I really respect him for that. It's just stop, stop it. Like, the the hot takes of Monday of just how that second line sucks after two games of a whirlwind of Ryan O'Reilly. It's calm down. I know you're trying to get views and clicks or whatever, but just, like, you, you lose credibility in the end overall. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it remains to be seen. Got a, another weird weekend this weekend. No Saturday night game. Friday night against Minnesota, Sunday against the Seattle Kraken. And then next Wednesday, we got the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, they haven't played at all. I, looking, I don't think they've even played each other once. Looking forward to that yeah, one. That's a whole West swing. Yeah, the West Coast Seattle, swing. Seattle, yep. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Yep, they play the Oilers two times, and they play March 1st and then March 11th. Well, maybe they'll have uh, O'Reilly on the fourth line from two games from yeah. now because we won't be happy when he goes to the third line. <laughs> There'll be seven hundred more line combinations that everyone I just wants. Don't, like again, like explain to me, someone in the comments, explain to me where the stress comes from. It's like Sheldon Keith puts puts him in a blender all you have the two time. Months to figure yeah, it out. But also, how many times like have we seen like he he's thrown Tavares, Marner, and Matthews out there before? He's thrown Matthews, Marner, and Nylander out there before. Like what? Like who? What are we worried about here? I I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't understand. I have no idea. It's it. And it's hilarious watching Rhino Ryan. Like the greatest thing of the season so far is seeing that guy score a hat trick after the hot takes. It, it, that was, it was, that was awesome. It was. And, and, and how he scored two goals, 37 seconds in. So yeah. everyone who, who had been on that take was kind of sitting there going, let's walk it back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's walk. It there's back. a lot. There's a lot of this. Yeah. There's a lot of this going on today. All right. We got to get out of here. Um, Anything else you want to add? No. no, I just uh, let's 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 just relax. Let's yeah. enjoy having this hockey player on our team and let Sheldon Keith play what he play with the lines, whether whether he sees fit before they go into the playoffs. If they do lose in the first round to Tampa, I am not gonna lie. I will sit here with you and we will be heartbroken and we'll be speechless and we'll be upset. However, I'm making a promise to you and to you that I will never retroactively look back on this trade and go, that was a mistake. It's not a mistake. Well, that, that's, what we, that's what we've been doing with the Tavares contract for the past couple seasons. Yeah, but we always go out of our way to say we would have done that at the time. Like we Yeah, that's what all, I mean. Yeah, we always go out of our way yeah, to say... Like we say that he gets paid too much money, but... N- We've. Not, I don't think me and you have ever called it a mistake. No, we, and we always say like if you if we were sitting in Kyle Dubis's shoes at the time he signed Tavares, we would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. So, whatever. But I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and go. Well, now they're out of draft picks. It's like no. It. it like this. These are the. These two hockey players are the exact types that we have been longing for. Longing like this is a romantic comedy. We've been longing for them. For years and now they're here and through three games they're both contributing and like I said just sit back and enjoy we're all it's like it's like a UFC like it's it's, it's like when you get to a UFC pay-per-view and it's time for the fight and they show the training montage that's been going on so two months worth of training that's what we're in right now it's Sheldon Keefe and John Cooper getting ready to go toe-to-toe in the first round once again, and right now we're, we're adding more weapons to our r- repertoire and bringing in O'Reilly and, and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure Julian Breezeball will make a move before next Friday, whether it's a depth piece or what have you I don't think they're just going to stand pat so they'll, they'll add another weapon to their uh, arsenal, we've added two to ours, we'll see what Dubas does before next Friday, and sit back and get ready it's exciting I think that's it. I think that's all we have to say. Thanks so much for checking us out, everybody. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your family and your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. Hi, I'm Emily Roger. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com.